We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Bill the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. They have no swag. They have no nothing. Terrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68. After dark. Hello and welcome to the Saturday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. Rob Dosser, Jeff Goodman. We are live from Neville Arena here in Auburn, Alabama. We just watched number 22 Kentucky beat number 13 Auburn, uh, 70 to 59. We have a lot to get to here. It was the second part of our doubleheader today, Jeff. We did the Alabama doubleheader. Feels like days ago. Days ago, months ago, years ago. Yes. Uh, we were at Coleman Coliseum for uh, Alabama's 175 win over Texas A&M, which uh, we weren't there at the end. We left it about seven minutes left because it was a blowout. We missed Alabama running up the score on Texas they A&M. Did run up the score. A couple Jack and threes at the end, Jack four threes, seconds left. Yeah, firing away. It was, uh, it was a fun day, a thoroughly enjoyable day. We watched UConn on the drive. I got, almost got carsick. Didn't feel great. You, you honestly are the worst person to watch a UConn game with, probably including Danny Hurley. Well, it was uh, it was a lot easier because it was it was a blowout. I will talk all about UConn and what that means for them here, uh, just a couple minutes. Um, it was a rough evening for me though, Jeff. I'm not gonna lie, I'm hurting a little bit. I lost to a dog in the vaulted challenge yeah, bracket. Did, did. I lost to Zeus, yeah. which is it's never great when you lose to. A I dog. won. I won the vaulted challenge. Yeah, you did. You yes, went undefeated, I and I. I our, our guy, Paul Stavi from Vaulted, yes. wants to get you a championship belt. If yes. he does that, Paul, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I, I will wear that belt everywhere. I know. I know. Everywhere. Paul, <laughs> I'm out if he gets a championship belt. By Just the way, that clear. right over here and, and behind us was the jungle. Mm-hmm. The jungle wasn't that loud tonight, Rob. You know why? Because Kentucky pretty much controlled this thing. From start to finish, mm-hmm. this we was have, a shocker. We have a surprise guest. No, no, up. I never said that a surprise Nerdlander could come on. For the people listening, I on, never on, agreed to this. For the people listening on SiriusXM, for the people that are listening to this on a more of us on a podcast platform, Norlander's got his mic on. We have Matt Norlander uh-huh. of Ion College Basketball fame. Let's start off with this, Matt. Yeah. Um, can you name a more surprising outcome this season? 
than Kentucky coming into this building, a team that we said all week, Jeff, could, would win the Final Four, would win the national title if it was played in Neville Arena, coming into this building, holding them to 59 points and finding a way to win in this style. That I mean, they did. yes, Northwestern beating Purdue. That's pretty high up. That is pretty high up. But the fact that you had Kentucky holding Auburn, 30.9% shooting, mm-hmm. the lowest field goal percentage Kentucky's had of an opponent the entire season, the second worst points per possession opponent or for Auburn trivia time. What was the only game Auburn was worse from the field points per possession? Goodman, can you define what no points idea. per possession means? Yeah, like it's this this huge oh, this formula is- that it goes in. And I could probably get my calculator and figure it out. Mississippi State actually got it done, but Ooh. it was very surprising. A wire to wire win, and. Yeah, this this building has a yeah. reputation as being one of the most intimidating environments. You said earlier you were here five years ago for this matchup and said it was on fire. Yeah. We never got that. Like we had a couple of moments when Kentucky was getting a little bit threatened by Auburn, but I thought this was impressive. I just filed a column for CBSSports.com, and I'll talk about this on the Sunday night episode. Filed the column. CBS Sports is on. Yeah, Got to get those plugs in, coach. You remember yeah. 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 I don't miss that at all. Sunday night I on college basketball. We'll also get into this more of us than there are of them. But in that column, what I said was the fact that you got this performance on the road after what they did against Ole Miss, I think you've got at least reason to believe that Kentucky can be a factor in March. And if it is, if we look up in a month, and we and this is this the trend, this will be where the, this will be where the you trend. You are saying this is this the turning be, point. If it's, if it's going to be a trendy Definitively? team, that trend will have started right here. Definitively. Yes. Semi-definitively. Okay, thank you. Thank you. No, no I, listen, they were great tonight. They were great in – and I think the biggest takeaway for me is, like, again, their manhood was kind of questioned coming to this, right? You're soft. You don't guard. You can't guard. That's all they heard about. You lose three straight at home, and the way they lost them, again, you you broke it all down. I mean, they probably watched your video. Your video <laughs> might have been the reason because what you said was, I, I think I quote you in saying, like, they can't fix this. I don't know if it was fixable. You but here's, said that. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. They here's, fixed it. Yeah, here's here's the difference. One, go look at the box score. How many minutes did uh, Ugana and Yeso play tonight? A lot. 36 minutes. A lot. Oh, he had to because, again, no Trey Mitchell, which is another huge factor that they I, were able to do I think, But is it? I think it helps. I think it helps them defensively that Trey totally Mitchell does. There. Trey Mitchell's a great player, and I think that but he's not a good defender. He's not He's he's not what Agnesso is. And I think that they found something these last two games, right? And I, I we'll see – if this is something that Cal leads into, one thing that we have seen this year is the success that Kentucky has had playing this more up-tempo spread style. Like, he's leaned into it, right? And now, I think we know what their best lineup is, right? It's Onyeso at the five. It's a dude row at the four. With yeah. any of the three guys. You could throw any about that. Well, I think, I think yeah, Shepard, Shepard, Dillingham, Reeves, and, and Dillingham. Reeves. Right. But Wagner off the bench. I would make the argument that Wagner is the best defender. Out of the three, because well, like, he's big he, and strong, and yeah. he gets like yes. he will light people up and he will yep. get up yep. any defensively. Yep. But I think that we 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 saw them find something here, and my question is: Are they going to lean into that? Are they going to be able to make this be something that continues? Because look, frankly, with what we know they can do offensively, if they can do what they did tonight on the defensive end, like uh, he Cal at the end of the press conference tonight said, if uh, no, it was Bruce Pearl said, if Kentucky guards like that, right. they can beat anybody. Right. But he phrased it. They could beat everybody. No, Cal, Cal beat at the end of his press conference was telling us about how many All Stars. <laughs> it was a very yeah. A random aside here, like he was kind of getting going. He got on this All Star because game he already in, had it in his and head. He did, he and then he just a, left the presser. <laughs> he was like done. I thought he'd want to stick around because he had an interesting quote to start off, where he was like, "Leave my players alone. Keep attacking me." 
And I think between that and then what Onyenso said in the uh, in the presser, I think they had uh, a lot of that noise playing for Kentucky. They had heard a lot of it. And for them to be this geared up, I mean, Reeves said it in the locker room. He's like, no, it was. It, we knew how much this meant and the energy was you know, at a different You know level. what was really interesting, what they said after the game, is that part of why they play better on the road is that there's an expectation of them winning at home. And I think it was it was it, I think it was Reeves that said it where we're looser when we're on the road because people are expecting uh, us to win. Said that yeah, too. there's there's yeah, there's less said. there's less pressure on them, and I think that's kind of where you see some of the freshmen come out, like some of the 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 youth on this team, where when they are at home and you have that expectation, you have twenty four thousand. Like I was there for the Tennessee game, like that place was rocking. Yeah, right. Rupp is not always the greatest environment to walk into. Um, it, it can be quiet sometimes when it's not a huge game. It was rocking against Tennessee. You could ask Kyle Tucker. He was uh, he was here with us tonight, and he said that those that three game stretch it was as loud as any three game stretch that he's heard in Rupp, and they lost all three of those games. Hey, by the way, you know what? I forgot to ask Cal, like, or if I ask, ask you in front of Cal, is he still in the hot seat? Is he? Doster <laughs> put him in the hot seat. Literally I did, I did. at Rupp Arena. At Rupp Arena after no, the Tennessee loss, put, I, he okay. put him on the hot seat. So you're doing? He's doing what I do. Misquoting <laughs> me on purpose. It is what it is. You, I, hey, I you deserve it. it. I deserve you deserve it. I deserve that one. No, it, it, it was. If they are, let, let's let's kind of go big picture on this, right? Mm -hmm. We have all reached this conclusion where you kind of Purdue are the two best teams in America. If we can say that the defense that we've seen out of Kentucky these last two games, and just say like it's it's happening the next like the but you can't. The, I have a that. thought on this, but continue. But you it, can't like say that their A game, yes, their A game okay. is probably the third best team in the can country. You, can you think you, you, think can you let him finish? Please? Yes, let me let just me let, let him set finish. The question, but I'm okay? saying you can respond. I know I'm, what you're gonna say. Okay, what am I gonna say? I don't know. Yeah, okay. there you this go. Incredible podcasting, yes. by the way. If they are going to guard at this level, where do they rank? My caveat is they cannot consistently guard at this level. Probably Even Calipari true. said in the presser, it is a game-to-game -game thing, and he meant in terms of the deployments he's going to use and all that. However, I think if you can get this every other game, I think collectively that will give Kentucky the momentum. It's not going to go into March without having another loss. That you have these kind of performances, I think it does matter significantly. They didn't need Reed Shepard to be absolutely incredible tonight. They didn't need Dillingham to be ridiculous on the road here. You got, they tapped into something defensively where they can't do this moving. Like we have seen years upon years. How many times do you ever remember a team that was pedestrian on defense for the first three months of the season and they, they turn it on defensively? It do doesn't that. happen, but the, only but. the only time it did, there's one time it did. It was Duke in 2015. You know what Duke yeah. in 2015 did? Yeah, you, you guys remember this. Right. In January, yeah. I remember very specifically. In January, uh, Miami went into Cameron Indoor Stadium and put up like 96 on them and embarrassed them, right? And that was coming – that was on a Monday night that was coming off of a Saturday game where they gave up 85 to somebody. It was like two games in three days. They just got blitzed. They dropped to like 78th or something like that on Ken Palm. And then whatever it was, they flipped the switch. They put it all together. What, are the, what does that Duke team and this Kentucky team have in common? Well, they got pros. A whole bunch of freshmen. Yes. A whole bunch pros. of freshmen. And, yeah. they, and they have pros. If they can get a little more consistency, then they've got a chance there. I still don't think they're a national, true national title contender because I did a story on this about a month ago. There's never been a team that's been this average mm -hmm. defensively in the past 25 years that has won a title. A few have made the Final Four Miami last year, but no team that's sub-40 defensive Ken Palm has gotten even to the so title we, game. we both know the answer to this. Yes. What's the worst defensive team that has won a national title heading into the tournament since in the Ken Palm era? 
You know the answer. Since 97. Since 97. Do you know who it is? No. You're going to be shocked by the answer. The the best player on the team is on our network. He kicked your ass in ping pong. Really? That Carolina team? That Carolina team was the worst defensive team, according to Ken Palms. Because Hansborough can't guard. Yep. But, we're yeah. we're going we're gonna to get to Antonio Reeves' interview here in a second, but I just want to add, I, I want curious your guys' thoughts on mm-hmm. this. I don't think that they have to be this good defensively. Agreed. Right? I agree with that. Because of what they are, Offensive. Th- their ability to score the ball. What right. they need to be able to do is win games when they're with their defense on the nights where they kind of get stuck in the mud a little bit offensively. And I think that's what we saw tonight. That's kind of what we saw against Ole Miss. Like, can they win games with they toughness gotta when they got to be consistently average defensively. Don't yeah. be awful. Mm-hmm. Don't give up 90. Because if you're going to give up 90, <laughs> honestly, you're going to get out. You're going to get you, you bounced from the, the tournament. Now, but, okay, they beat Ole Miss at home. They, but Mississippi has not been a metric starting the entire, entire season. We'll see on that. And then Auburn, it has been better as of late, but it did get boat raced at Florida. And so you have that here. So I, Their I point want... guard play is so underwhelming to yeah. me. Well, 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 let's, let's we'll get, get into that. Auburn, let's get into Auburn yeah. in a second. Yeah, so okay. we, we were able to catch up with, uh, with Antonio Reeves after the game. Let's go to that interview right now. All right, Antonio, you guys had obviously a lot of people talked about your defense, your mm-hmm. defense. Yeah. It wasn't good for a while. Yeah. But you come out, you give up 59 on the road, one of the toughest atmospheres. Why? What, what were you able to do to flip this thing? Man, just be more physical. I told the guys before the game, you know, definitely it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a dogfight out there. You know, we got to lock in, stay together, and we got to throw the first punch. You know, a couple games, we started off a little, you know, short. And the, the other team got up on us, but you know this game was different. You know, I could, I could just feel the energy shifted. You know, between the guys, between the freshmen. I mean, it's crazy. They never really put any big game pressure on you. Like you never really let them get close. Yeah. Got to five, and then you hit that big three. Yeah. Where would you rank this win this year? You've had a lot of good wins, yeah. but how big was this one because of everything that kind of led up to it? I say top three. You know, it was a, a big win. You know, coming to this atmosphere, you know. Yeah. It's definitely tough. You really can't hear anything. So, you know, I rate this, you know, we're at least top three. I said it to you after the South Carolina game, how much I think you've grown mm-hmm. as a leader, not just on the court, because you have, you've expanded your game, yeah, yeah. right? But yeah. but as a leader, how important has that been for you with these young guys? I mean, you're without Trey today, you know, tonight. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, I just make sure these guys, you know, stay together. You know, that's what it's really all about. You know, they freshmen, they never came to these atmospheres before. And that's when I step in and be the big brother, you know? So, you know, definitely telling these guys before every game, you know, you can't just let up on any team because any team could beat you, you know, on the road, at home, anything like that. So, yeah. Last question for you. How good can this team, if you get going, you feel like you can beat anybody, but also you can kind of lose to anybody? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We could lose anybody at any given time. But if we stay together like we did today, you know, we could be anybody in the country, I feel like. So, you know, that's our next step. Just go game by game and, you know, just try to stay together and gel together like we did. So, yeah. All right, congrats. That's one hell of a performance, one hell of a win. That was Antonio Reeves, who had 22 points tonight and was the star of the show. And we probably, at some point, we'll, we'll come back to this a little bit later, but um, he, he, we talked about how Neville wasn't very loud tonight. He was the silencer. Yeah, he was. The absolute silencer. He hit, I think he made eight shots. I would say seven of them were run stoppers that kind of ended yeah. the Auburn push. He was, he was so good. We'll, we'll come back to that. I do want to hit on Auburn here. Um, and Nora Lander, since you are our guest, I'm going to go to you first because I am polite, unlike some people I'm here. I'm very but polite. Are you. 
Does, first of all, what, what um, we don't know, we don't have an update on Jalen Williams. Pearl did not sound very optimistic, but he said they have to get him into the uh, into MRI. MRI. So yeah. I, yeah. Uh, it doesn't he sound- said it's going to be an extended period of yeah. time. This yeah. is it. Listen, if he comes back this season that's with the way Bruce was sounding, yeah, I think we'd all be surprised. I agree that's with that. With 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 how Bruce was leaning with that, if it is not season ending, it will be good news for Auburn. Mm-hmm. He's obviously their second best player. But you were about to tee me up until he interrupted well, you. Yeah, so go I'm ahead. just. What is this? Does this tell you anything about Auburn, or is this just K- Kentucky coming in? living up to their hype and having one of those moments that Kentucky teams can have. I think it's an indictment on Auburn that you allow a Kentucky team that had been suspect defensively to come into your place where you had not lost in 16 games, hadn't lost a season at all. And after you had just like, they're they're coming off a 40 piece of South Carolina, like aberrationally good, no doubt Mm -hmm. about it. Um, And you just almost wonder if they, you know, (laughs) They just got too too into themselves to that after that kind of game, thinking they'd be able to to run Kentucky here, and that just was not the case whatsoever. They were also, and I talked with Bruce a little bit earlier in the day, and he he admitted, listen, Kentucky's five versus our five, like they've got all this talent, their size. We're going to need to be able to go deep and try and get them uh, to get out in a game where they're going to run and, and force them into turnovers didn't happen. I think Kentucky had 12 to Auburn's 11 there. So you could clearly see Goodman mentioned it before about um, Auburn's guards. It remains an issue. Like the trajectory of Katie Johnson's college career is fascinating. Uh, and you, like, he needs to be a more impactful player and he's not. And it, like, you can't that, shoot. It's, 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 it's in Holloway can't shoot. Yeah, I know it's bad. It, it's, right it's, 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 it's a real problem there. Yeah. So if, if the frustrating part of it is Aiden Holloway can, can shoot. shoot. I know. It's he's all in his head there. right now. Yeah. He can shoot, but he's, yeah. I mean, look, this is that's what freshmen are supposed to do. Like they're supposed to come yeah. in and struggle a little bit. I, I I say this all the time, but like the aberration for what's going on with Kentucky is their freshmen, right? Justin Edwards is the norm. Rob Dillingham, Reed Shepard, mm-hmm. those guys, they're the ones where you should be saying like celebrating them. Anyway, sorry. I'm no, it's sure. it's all good. I mean, 59 points on your home floor against a Kentucky team that going into the game was 102nd in defensive efficiency at Ken Palm. That it just can't happen and this is the kind of result where you really step back and look big picture. Pearl took this team to a Final Four in 2019. They got the banners and logos all over this place. You drop this kind of game after the Florida side swipe. It just it's reason for hesitation. On on top of like if Jalen Williams isn't available, mm-hmm. oh, he's the second best player on the team. That's bad. So this is a rough night for the Tigers, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I would add is I find it very interesting that Auburn. Four days after scoring 100 points in this gym against a team that was tied for first place in the SEC, goes for 59. And Kentucky, the last time I saw them, they gave up 100 in their own building to Tennessee. We got 59 points out of Auburn tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that's kind of life in college basketball for most teams this year. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Auburn played their A game the other day. And, and really, if you look closely at Auburn's resume, it's, it's not, not that good. good. It's really yeah, not no. that good. They kind of are a metric starling. They've overachieved overachieved this year. When you see them in person, you look at them and you're like, okay. And really, to be honest, I thought Bruce should have went to Janab Broom way more than he went in the post. Especially when Onyensu had three fouls. The the hard part about going to a big guy is you got to have guards that can get the ball to the big guy. And to me, that's kind of what the situation was. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. He had guys sealed. He no, had guys he, sealed, and, and they put, they looked at him, and they didn't get him the ball. There were there were and times then when they that, did but it. The problem is when you have a guy ceiling, and I'm out here, and, yeah. and DJ Wagner has forced uh, Trey Donaldson 
30 feet away from the basket and he's pressuring him and you're dribbling like this. Sure. Like that is a hard pass. Sure. To make. So but there were times I'm when willing, that wasn't the case yeah, and true. they missed. Them. I'm willing to give more of that credit to Kentucky defensively. One last thing for me. I just think that Auburn would have played better. They would have looked better if they were in orange tonight. That's not <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we all look good in yeah, the orange. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, let's that's, face that's, it. That's <laughs> Listen, when we come back, Kentucky wasn't even the most impressive win of the day, you guys. UConn was. Oh, uh, they beat Marquette. Top five battle. 81-53. We're going to break that down here in just a second. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 as we all get ready for the best month of the year, March madness if you haven't signed up for betmgm yet you can use the bonus code field 150 and you will get 150 dollars in free bets on your first wager with betmgm regardless of whether or not you win that first bet here's the best part all you need to do is deposit and bet five dollars of your hard-earned money this is how you make it work download the betmgm app and sign up using the bonus code field 150 that's field 150 deposit at least five dollars and place your first wager on any game you will receive up to 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet just make sure you use that bonus code field 150 when you sign up and remember BetMGM is now available in one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in Philly or New York, which happens quite a bit. When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create a new account in each state. It's easy, it's simple, and it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the conference tournaments and for the NCAA tournament. Bet insurance tokens college hoops odds boost and my personal favorite a nice little parlay boost here and there so download the bet mgm app and sign up today we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome back to the Saturday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark live from Neville Arena here 
in Auburn, Alabama. We did our Alabama doubleheader. Rob Doster, Jeff Goodman, field of 68, met if, a live. If you hear the, the ball bouncing, it is who, Rob? Uh, Dylan Cardwell is here working on, I think it's just free throws, jump shots. He's shooting around. Um, we are, As you can see, we are on the floor of, uh, of Neville Arena here. Sirius XM, Channel 84. We're live over on YouTube. Make sure you jump in the chat. Ask us some questions. We are going to talk about UConn's win over Marquette today. Number one, Smile, UConn. Rob. Smile. 81. Number four, Marquette. 53. And, Jeff, this was – this this. It was 18-18 with 9-15 left in the first half. Yeah. And UConn outscored Marquette 24-8 to in the final nine minutes. And in the second half, it just never got close. They put their foot on the gas, and they just never stopped running. Hassan Diara had 14 points, five boards, four assists off the bench. Cam Spencer finished with 14 points, six boards. Tristan Newton, 15 points, eight boards, eight assists, five of ten from the floor. Outplayed Tyler Kolick, Donovan Klingon, 17-10. and 10. This There isn't one – guy on this team that you could point to that took over to win the game for them this was UConn at their absolute best well yeah it was an ass whooping and and mm -hmm. as you said that's the beauty of this UConn team that is what makes this UConn team so damn good is like their balance they can get production from everybody from like one to eight even Jalen Stewart came mm -hmm. in and gave him some really good minutes in the first half right yeah like they've got dudes that again just know their role but can play above their role when needed. Like if Tristan Newton's having an off game, they can have somebody step up. They're not reliant on one or two guys, mm -hmm. where I think so many teams, right, are relying on that. Yeah. Mar Most teams. Marquette included. Marquette, Marquette especially. Included. Yeah. Because again, if Tyler Kulik doesn't play an A or a B game, they can't beat good teams. Mm -hmm. They can't. So UConn knew that. You can focus. Really, your defense, are, and you should anyway, on Tyler Kolick. But those other guys aren't really capable. The mm -hmm. Joplins of the world, they're not the same level as UConn's. I don't even know who's UConn's fourth best player. They don't. The, the they thing don't that's amazing about them is their starting five is I don't think that you can point so to them and say that they have a best player. Right, like right. Tristan Newton's going to be the guy that gets all the accolades. He's the only player in college basketball averaging 15.6 boards, five and a half assists. He's the point guard. He's the guy that was the best player in the national title game last year. Like he's he's going to get the credit. Donovan Klingon is the returnee, the local kid, the lottery pick, and the, the defensive, defensive anchor. Yeah, like the guy he makes that everything happen. Him. But you know what happened tonight? UConn made their run when he was on the bench because. They tried to play the drop coverage against Tyler Cole, yeah. and you can't play drop coverage against Tyler Cole like you also with Godaro because they will eat you up. They are studs, okay? So they put Samson Johnson in, and he did the, the hard hedging thing, yeah. and they blew up the ball screens, and they basically eliminated Tyler Cole. Like, and you know what happened? Marquette didn't really have an answer. So it well, was – they really don't. I mean, they really don't. Like well, Cam we'll Jones – we'll, we'll get to them in a Cam second. Cam Jones has to be able yes. to, to to do a little bit more you know with the ball it, in his you hands. Know what it is? I, was, I was talking with a, a, another coach um, – after watching the game, and uh, we haven't we didn't talk enough about them losing Sean Jones and the impact that, that has on this Marquette team for sure. two reasons. One, there is no backup point guard right now. Like it is, it, you can't really play Stevie Mitchell there. Like no. Cam Jones no. is not a like he's a bucket, but he's not a point guard. Right. Um, also, is a playmaker, but like he's your five. So does Kolek? I mean, today it didn't well, it's happen. Not but, just, but does he wear down too? It's and it's not just so it's not minutes. just wearing down. It's you, you can't even. It's hard to play anybody 38, 40 minutes a game, right? But you can't even spare him a couple of minutes playing off the ball and just letting him, like, kind of stand there and catch a ball, be the second side creator. 
you know, be, a, be more of a threat, even a decoy. He's got to, everything. He's got to come through him for 40 minutes. And that's a really, really difficult thing to ask when you are going up against a team that has four guys that they can rotate through, that can climb up in you and make your, your life miserable. So um, I think that that is, it's a backup point guard, right? But I think that that kind of the impact that, that had on the way that the Marquette roster fits. I don't think that we talked enough about that. Um, when it comes to UConn, I, they're the best team in the country. Like I, 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 I don't even hesitate now. I don't even hesitate, which is scary because like Purdue's damn good, right? They're like they're at a different level, but I actually think now UConn has gone up a notch. So, like, I think it's clear now. Purdue has a better resume. Mm -hmm. I don't think you'd argue with that. No. But UConn's the team that, again, if you're telling me they're going to play a seven-game series, I'm going to say UConn's going to win five of them. Against Purdue? I really believe that. I really believe that. And, again, yeah. I, now, again, Edie could destroy That's Klingon and get him in foul trouble, and, you know, that changes the game. But I just feel like Purdue doesn't have as many answers as UConn again like and and then you've got the culture you've got that culture right now of of winning that they believe it I'm not sure Purdue is going to go in well we know they're not going to go in the tournament mm -hmm. feeling the same way feeling that same well, swagger I mean, here, here's the thing about it is you can kind of it's a little bit different because you kind of was it didn't have as high of a seed heading in but they kind of dealt with that last year right like we we talk about how they ran through the tournament right what people forget is in the first game, coming off of two straight years where they lost in the first game of the tournament as it, it was an upset, where UConn fans were getting to the point where like, I don't know if this dude Hurley can go out and win big games, right? They were yeah. There were lots of questions. Like, we, we kind of joke about it and say he would have been on the hot seat if he lost. Like, no, no. It like, like, he might have been. It legitimately, been, if they lost to Iona and Rick Pitino in the first round this you know year. Happened? Do you know what happened? If they lost in the first round game against Rick Pitino, who was winning at halftime? Were they Iona, winning? I was Iona there. was up at halftime. Were they up? And then in like the first wow. three minutes of the second half, Jordan Hawkins rips off like four straight threes. And they threes, blew them out. And they go up right. 12 and they were like, right. oh, wait, right. you know what? We're right. fucking awesome. Right. Let's just right. go be awesome yeah. for the next for the, like the next 11 halves of basketball. And then they rolled through everybody. But there, there, there was that stress at the start. And that is what Purdue is going to end up dealing with that they get in the tournament. And UConn's not. Like, it's almost... There's a level of there's a level of pressure that comes with being the national champion, right? But there's also something freeing about saying like, "Hey, man, we, we already did, did this. this. Like, we did this. We did this. We know we can. We do know this. we can do this. Right. We've right. been through it." And, and he, I feel like Camp Spencer wasn't on that team, but he's got that swagger <laughs> that it, it's like he was on that team. He is. He's right? out of his mind. I mean, he talks a lot of shit. He's but he backs it up. There's never been a player that fit more perfectly. In a program yeah. than Cam Spets or with a coach or with a coach with Dan Hurley at UConn because like <laughs> so, her, like him and Hurley are wired the same way, and UConn fans are wired that same way, yeah. right? Yeah. And so like when you put it all together, you have this this crazy coach, this insane player, twenty three year old that is like damn good, right? Super good. efficient, really good defensively, yeah. really smart, knows where to be, doesn't make mistakes, and put it with a fan base. That is going to go just as nuts for all this good stuff. Like it is a perfect storm. The XL Center was absolutely rocking tonight, and I think I think a lot of that was Marquette walking into a buzzsaw, 
right? Like, I don't know. I mean, you probably could have had the Charlotte Hornets go up there and they might have lost to UConn tonight. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any, anybody expected that type of performance, though. Yeah, 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 but it was walking into that building is it's not going to be the easiest. So, like, no one's – if they were, if they lost by 20, like, no one was – It's hard to game plan against UConn. Yes. That's the problem, they right? Like weakness. Like, if you're – I mean, you think about it, and if you're you're an opposing coach, and, and I've talked to a, a bunch of these guys that have gone up against him, I'm like, how do you – how do you stop them? And they literally are like, I, I don't know, because you can't you can't say, hey, we got to take this away or we got to take that away. Because if you do, you're making it easier. Okay, now with, with Castle, all right, yeah, leave him open, shooting threes. Give him uncontested threes. He makes them. He makes, he makes them yeah. now. He makes enough. He'll make you pay. He makes enough. Asan Diar hit two tonight. And that was a guy, who, guy who can't generally mm -hmm. shoot, right? But, again, they're uncontested. And they're they're making them because I think honestly, Hurley's got him, got them to whereas they believe they're gonna make them. Mm -hmm. And the other part of like I, I said this the other day, it's not it, it, last year with UConn, you were waiting for the avalanche, you were waiting for the run, you were waiting yeah. for that moment where it, like the surge just started. And we kind of saw it tonight with this UConn team where they went on that twenty four to eight push at the yeah. end of the half, right? Like that's what last year's UConn did. You would be there, be there, be there, and then. Boom, all of a sudden you're down 16. You're like, what the hell just happened? But this, it, this was a little bit of an anomaly tonight for UConn, but for the most part, they just wear you down right. and wear you right. down and wear you down. And it's like you're down five. Because they don't have a Hawkins. They don't have somebody that could just go yeah, get Hawkins. like three. You know, Hawkins could just bang three threes in a row. And, and then and Andre change Jackson the could get like two steals. Right. Right. And like and even Tanoga. Yeah, and Tanoga, you throw the ball. Like, this, they don't, they just kind of wear you down. They're not, they're not as dynamic. Yeah, this year it's like they're just solid in every phase yeah like I, the 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 comparison that i made was um it's like a boulder rolling downhill it's like trying to stop a boulder from rolling downhill versus an avalanche coming at you well their ceiling isn't as high as last year right you would agree with that their ceiling isn't as high but they're consistently really good yeah yeah i think i would tend to agree and i think that also makes them a little bit more dangerous because you i don't know well man. well nobody else has that that's what I would say. Their consistency. This is like arguing, like, what do you yeah. like more, vanilla ice cream or mint chocolate chip yeah. ice cream? No, I mean, listen. Cream, like, it's it's just awesome. amazing. It's Give amazing it. how Give quickly Dan Hurley has flipped this program and flipped the narrative on himself. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is absolutely 100% true. Listen, got to hit a break here. On the other side, we're going to be joined by one of our bracketologists, Rocco Miller, and we're going to talk about uh, the 16 top 16 seed reveal. We're also going to get a little too into the conversation about the trip that we had to Alabama and Coleman Coliseum and maybe even in this free. That's coming up next. <laughs> Big news, guys. I am thrilled to announce that we have partnered with Autograph, a company founded by the GOAT himself, Tom Brady. The Autograph fandom app gives you access to the best college hoops content, fan contests, and exclusive rewards like discounted tickets, all for doing the things that diehard fans like you already do, following your favorite team in the news and listening to podcasts just like this one. When Tom, and yes, I am calling him Tom, we're on a first name basis these days, co-founded Autograph. He had one mission in mind, change the fan experience for the better. It works like this. You get all of your college hoops content you want in one place. You get articles from your favorite writers, pods from your favorite hosts, 
contests from your favorite creators all on the feeds and the sites that you already enjoy. But instead of having to go to all these different places, it all comes to you in one spot, the autograph fandom map. But here's the best part. The more content that you consume, the higher you rank in the app. As you consider the level up in status on the app, you can unlock unique rewards curated exclusively for you. So download the free autograph app in the app store and use the referral code F68, that's F68, or tap in at the link in the description below or in the podcast app of your choosing to start earning points for doing something as normal as listening to this very podcast. It really is that simple. Welcome back to the Saturday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. Jeff Goodman, Rob Doster, and we have our own Fielding the 68 Bracketologist, Rocco Miller, here to join us to break down the committee's top 16 seed reveal, what they got right, what they got wrong, and where they differ from our Fielding the 68 crew. Uh, Rocco, let's start with this. Biggest takeaways from the top 16 when you saw it. I think the biggest takeaways were, you know, the first surprise was seeing North Carolina as the top two seed. Uh, I think the four of us on the show, Fielding the 68, check us out Mondays and Fridays, 530 Eastern, right here on Field 68, uh, was, the, yeah, my pleasure. Uh, it was just the fact that we all agreed that North Carolina was kind of closer to a three seed. And I assumed at the, in the moment that maybe they didn't take in the Syracuse game they lost on Tuesday into account. That happened a little bit last year. David Warlock quickly uh, corrected me and said, no, 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 we didn't start talking until Wednesday. So they factored that in. Th that leads me to believe that road wins mattered quite a bit to this committee. The one thing North Carolina has that really not a lot of teams have in any of the top 16 is a great six and one record in the top two quadrants, all true road wins. Um, same thing for San Diego State. Uh, and that's, that's probably the biggest surprise is seeing them listed at all. We all agreed that they were uh, a five seed, so out of the top 16. And the two things that stand out there are, one, their big wins away from home are Gonzaga in the kennel and St. Mary's in their MTE in Vegas. And um, those are highly ranked net teams. St. Mary's is 14 in the net. Gonzaga's 22 in the net. But on the actual seed list, bracket-wise, Gonzaga's a bubble team. St. Mary's is maybe a six seed. Um, so I thought, you know, how impressive is it? Maybe this committee is a little bit more impressed by just your net ranking and wins away from home, which is kind of always the case. So, so I thought those were kind of the two initial surprises. Rocco, all these Big 12 teams were kind of jum jumbled up there, right? You had Kansas at, at eight, obviously Houston's three, Kansas eight, uh, Baylor 10, Iowa State 11. I'm actually surprised that Iowa State's behind Baylor. Um, I know they played uh, a, not a very uh, daunting non-conference schedule. Didn't get a lot there, but um, they were able to run their numbers up, and they've been very, very good in Big 12 play. How do you see it kind of shaking itself out with all those Big 12 teams? And to me, some of those other Big 12 teams, again, they've been higher. They've started to fall off a little bit. We're seeing it now, like BYU tonight, lose a game. Yeah. Are, are, are we going to see, like, these Big 12 teams where all of them are going to be protected? You know, that's a great question. I think it's a mystery. And Iowa State being behind Baylor isn't exactly a great sign if you're in Oklahoma or a Texas Tech or a BYU or, gosh, there's so many of them, TCU, even Cincinnati. A lot of these teams, especially the ones that just joined the league for, for you know, other reasons, scheduled really, really weak to just build up home wins 
they knew they were going into a gauntlet of a conference. But you have so many you know miserable non-conference strength of schedules. Iowa State starting at the top with the 322nd ranked schedule definitely played a factor in putting Baylor above. Baylor went out and beat Auburn and Florida on a neutral court. Uh, again, I don't think that's as tough as maybe winning at Texas or at TCU. You could debate that all day. Uh, but they th- this committee clearly seemed more impressed in that, and they they gave Baylor credit for that. And I think that that could be a bad sign for all those teams I just named down bracket as you know as we see this play out next month. All right, Rocco, which teams from outside the top 16 that weren't in the committee's reveal do you think have the best chance to kind of climb up into that those rankings, maybe get up to a 2-3 seed? Is there anyone from outside that group that you're looking at and you're saying you got to keep an eye on them? It would have to be a Big 12 uh, team or maybe an SEC team. So I know South Carolina lost tonight, so may, they, they were close. Now they're further away. You look at maybe – a Texas Tech again. They lost today too. So, um, but I think it's got to be the answer to your question is teams that have the opportunity still, right? You know, Clemson fell today, uh, and I'm not sure how many more times they get a crack at Carolina or Duke. I know they've they've got a um, a couple other big games left. So, those were the teams I was looking at. Creighton's Otima certainly has some chances, and they need some help on their resume a little bit. But with their power numbers, you throw some big wins in there. Creighton could ascend. I think uh, that's another good one. And then if you know, Dayton's really done nothing wrong, but they don't, they're just not going to get the wins. I don't think they can get up to a three, but they can probably get to a four. Yep. Rocco, always a pleasure, my man. Enjoy your stay at the Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> That's right, baby. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. See you, Rocco. See Thanks, you, man. man. Um, all right, let's get into the other SEC team that we were able to have a chance to see yeah. uh, tonight. SEC game, I should say. Um, we were down in Coleman Coliseum. We saw Alabama put it on yep. Texas A&M. My single biggest takeaway from that game, yes. from being in the building and watching them play in person, is that Mark Sears, like, I, I knew he was good. I knew he was in that All-American conversation. Yep. But, like, you see him in person, you see him play, you see how strong he is, yep. you see how dudes bounce off of him. Like, to me, I come away from that saying, like, he's in the conversation for, like, best point guard in the country. He's probably not the guy but he's in the top five yeah if you're putting together a top five right right. like he's in it and he probably ain't number five yeah i mean listen alabama is interesting because again the way they play if they're making shots uh and they were making them tonight Mm -hmm. you know i mean rylan griffin was terrific sears was really good early and they didn't have to be great in the second half he kind of let everybody else do some work um again I, i just don't know i think they can beat most teams but I don't know if I completely trust them just because they're bigs. They're bigs worry the hell out of me. Again, if if you told me they had Betty Ako back, I'd be like, okay, they can be a Final Four team. But without a, a veteran big, high-level big, and I think Stevenson can be that guy in time, but he's not there yet. They're just not – they're not great defensively. They're good. Well, they were good today. They're, they're they, good. Were, they were actually – this was one of their better efforts today. They, they were – they're good defensively. Right. Did a great job on Wade Taylor. There's back. moments they, they're better than they were. Yeah. Right? We've seen them get better. They're gonna outscore they, you though. They just they don't have they don't have guys where you know that they take pride in every like their defense is their thing. Right. Right? Like right. the guy shooting right there behind yeah. us. Yeah. Dylan yeah. Cardwell, yeah. dude like that. Yeah. Uh Katie Johnson. Right. They just they don't have and I'm I, I know we're no, they need about like Alabama, one of those. I just said like they need two guys from Auburn. Well, there. they so need I, some, I know I know what I just did. But right they there. need some dudes that will prioritize defense and they don't mm-hmm. have that and they don't have a rim protector that can make up for that. That's the problem. If they had that guy, 
Well, the the well, other stuff wouldn't yeah. be so blatant. Yeah, I'll I'll make the comparison back to UConn, where their perimeter, like Steph Castle's a, a dog defensively, but the other three guys, like Cam Spencer's a really good positional right, defender. He's not, not a great one-on-one no, dude. No, Tristan Newton is not a great one-on-one yeah, guy. Like Alex Caravan, right, like right. that's who that's who guys go to attack right. to beat them. Yep. Yep. Right. Like what did, did we saw tonight? What did the what did Marquette do? Like they put. They, they went to Tyler Kolick ball screens early, and they went and to attack. David Joplin one right. one. Like right. that's what they tried to do. They tried to go at Alex Scarabin. and yeah, I like Alabama again. But, but I, do you know I why? Like you know why? You know why UConn's defense them. works because they can get out there and they can pressure, knowing that they got the Great Wall of Bristol yes. behind them, yes. and you don't have that. Clint Con, the Great Wall, right. the, the Great Wall of Bristol. Like here's the thing. I mean, the job that both these guys that we saw today in the state of Alabama have done this year mm-hmm. is amazing because you look at up and down the rosters and you say, where are the pros? Where are the pros? Mm-hmm. Like Mark Sears is going to be a really good overseas player. He is. I mean, maybe he'll make a team maybe, but you know, I, I don't think he's going to be a, an NBA impact player if he makes a team, right? Like Stevenson could be one down the road. Auburn, who's the NBA player? Give me one. Go ahead. Give me one. Find one. I, I think Janai will be. Yeah, again, yes, he can make a roster. I get your point. He can make a roster. He could be in the G League. Mm-hmm. He could be overseas. None of it would. So I guess what I'm what I'm getting to here is both these guys have cl- like right now Alabama could win the SEC. It just opened up for him a little bit more. It's probably be them in Tennessee. They're, I mean, they're the favorite. They're it'll the be them. In, yeah, right, the but it'll probably come down to them they're in the Tennessee. Favorite. You know what it is, though? It's I do think that. It has helped that both of those guys, Bruce, Bruce Pearl and Ados, are really good at building a culture, really good at identifying guys that will fit into this, their style oh, of totally. play yeah. and yeah. Lean, lean into that while also they understand the value in having older dudes. And I think that especially when you have the COVID year. A couple you of young the, guys, though. You mix in a couple of young guys. Yeah, but, but when you have the COVID year, the fifth-year guys, yeah. and you have the immediately eligible transfers – you don't necessarily have to have all of the pros because the pros are going to be 19 and 20. Like, let's just call it what it is, right? If you are an NBA player, you're not playing college basketball at 22. True. For the most part. And I think that they've been able to buy into this idea and get guys to buy into what they're doing where they say, you can be 22 or 23. You're going to make some money with the NIL stuff, right? And you're going to come here and you're going to be an All-American. You know, like five years ago, is Mark Mark Sears still in college? Maybe he's not the best example, but like guys, the guys at that level, like, I think they've figured out how to be able to get these guys to hang around and say, you know what, we got a 23-year-old who's an All-American, and while that dude, in, when he's 23, yeah. is going to be yeah. better than him, right now, he's not. No, it's Aaron Estrada. Aaron Estrada is a great example of yes. a kid that you're going to take him over a freshman mm-hmm. that's probably more talented, but Estrada just helps you win games now. So you're never going to be young. You know, again, Sam Walters is young. Jaron Stevenson's young. Well, they don't lean on him for that much. They're pieces right now until their junior year, which Stevenson may not get there. But by the time those guys are juniors, and and if they stick around, they're going to be all-league guys. Yep. All right. So we saw Auburn today. Yeah. We saw Kentucky today. We saw Alabama today. You have to take your life savings, and you have to bet it on one of those three finding themselves in Phoenix for the Final Four. Who would it be? Shit, that ain't easy. I mean, I don't want to bet it on any of them. You have to. I don't want to bet my life savings. You have to. I'm old. Have fun. Dude, play the game. You have to pick one of them. 
Oh my god. I mean, I guess I'll go with talent. I'm gonna go with talent. You taking Kentucky? I don't want to. I don't. They scare the hell out of me. How could they not? You have no idea what you're gonna get. Like I, I feel better. Like Auburn, I know the things I'm gonna generally get, but I think there's a ceiling. Alabama, it's kind of the same thing. Different teams. You you got guys that could score at a high level. I'm never betting on that. I'm not betting on Alabama getting the Final Four because I'm not betting on a bad defensive team. Mm-hmm. Like Kentucky today and Ole Miss, they guarded. So I'll go Kentucky. Do you remember what I said last week? Yeah, you said Cal was in the hot seat. And what else? They can't guard. And what else? UConn's great. No, that there's no chance that Kentucky makes the Final Four. <laughs> yeah, I think Guess you did what? say that. Guess what? Your mind. I'm changing my mind again. Well, that's a, I'm that's changing the hard part. People say this back. to us all the time. They're like, they'll bring up something we said a month ago or two months ago. And, you know, when you say like, hey, I don't think they can make it, you know, Kansas for me, what I, which I said the second game of the season, that they can't win at all. Things do change over the course mm-hmm. of the year. Players get better, right? Or some regress. Some teams – you know, Kentucky got out of the gates so strong that we thought because their freshmen were so good early, they were going to continue to get better. It's also, it's not that they regress as much as teams kind of figure out what they're doing. And it's like, all right, sure. so now we do this to solve that problem. Right. How do you yeah. how do you switch back? Yeah. And for Kentucky, it was, yeah, you know what? We're just going to turn into the best defensive team in college basketball out of nowhere. Listen, for one night. Yeah, listen, when we uh, – we got to get to the Big 12. There were some crazy results in the Big 12, and we have to talk about our man, Jared McCain. A Duke freshman record of 35 points, 7 for 8 from 3 in the first half. All of that coming up next. Series What's going XM on, guys? Charlie Before before. we get back to the show, I need to let you all know about the Field of 68 Daily, an all-encompassing college basketball newsletter that arrives in your inbox, you guessed it, daily. For less than a dollar a week, you'll wake up every morning to more than 1,500 words detailing everything that you need to know to stay up to date on the world of college basketball. From the notable mid-major upsets to the stars that are out injured to the breakout performances that only our team of college basketball junkies watched. The Daily is edited and produced by Mike Miller, who spent more than two decades running NBC's digital written content and is subscribed by more than half of the Division I coaching staffs, the biggest names in college basketball media, and the agents that work as power brokers in the sport. For just $50 for the year, you get access to the same information that the insiders get. And before we get you back to your regularly scheduled Field of 68 content, let me tell you guys about the Field of 68 merch store. Head over to fieldof68.shop for officially branded Field of 68 apparel. Whether you're supporting your favorite team in the student section or from the couch, there is no better way to gear up and the latest from the Field of 68. The best thing I can say about our merch is the quality of the product. Anyone that has ever worn a t-shirt knows how frustrating it is when the neck gets all stretched out and the bottom of the shirt starts looking like the bottom of bell-bottom jeans. And there's nothing worse than a hoodie that loses its snugness that makes it such a perfect way to stay warm during the cold winter weather. Whether you're shopping for yourself or for the college basketball fan in your life, everything you need is at the Field of 68.shop. Welcome back to Saturday evening's edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. Jeff Goodman, Rob Doster, Sirius XM, Channel 84. We are live from Neville Arena in Auburn, Alabama. We're going to go. We're going to get to the Big 12 in a second. But I think the next biggest story after what happened in the SEC and what happened in Hartford, Connecticut, baby, number one in the country, you got Huskies, is Jared McCain. 
So he had 35 points tonight um, at Florida State. A yeah. Duke freshman record, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. He had eight threes, which was also a Duke freshman record. Another thing is kind of crazy yeah. when you think about it. And I told you this on the drive down uh, to Auburn from um, from Tuscaloosa. I guess the drive up, technically. Drive sort west? Of. Yeah, I don't know. The drive. We'll just call it the drive. I don't know my direction. It's not west. Um, that's east. <laughs> that I think this – this is a really, really important performance from Jared McCain because Duke didn't have Tyrese Proctor tonight. And we kind of know what they're going to get from Jeremy Roach. And you kind of know what you're going to get from Kyle Filipowski. You know, he's a little bit more up and down. Um, but you know what they got from the rest of the roster? Like, they don't really have a guy, especially in their backcourt, that, that we've seen be able to go off and just completely take over a game by themselves. Because outside of him, Duke didn't really play all that well tonight. How big is this performance from Jared McCain? And what does this mean for Duke moving forward? Well, I mean, again, I think one of the things for for, for Duke this year is we thought it was going to be the uh, Kyle Filipowski and Tyrese Proctor show, mm -hmm. right? We thought they were going to be the duo and, you know, everybody's going to fill in around them. Jeremy Roach, Mark Mitchell, who's been terrific for the most part this year, McCain, maybe some Caleb Foster, right? Like I thought TJ Power might give him something. He hasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and then McCain, if you remember, had a really bad game at Champions Classic when Caleb Foster erupted. And everybody's like, oh, it's going to be Caleb Foster. Well, it's been McCain. I mean, mm -hmm. McCain's been probably – I mean, again, listen, the great thing with Jared McCain is if Filipowski – like Roach can be Roach, and he can give you 12 or 14 a night. Some games he can give you a little bit more, but – McCain is capable of being a guy that you can give the ball to and say, hey, go get me a bucket. You can't. It's hard to do that with Filipowski being a big, right? Like, And that wasn't Proctor when he was out there on the court. He just doesn't have that type of personality. They need a guy that you just, again, end a shot clock. You can make a play off the bounce. Like, I think he's a three-level scorer for the most part, McCain. Not great mid-range yet. His mid-range still is – but, like, he can get to the basket. He's big, strong, can score, you know, through contact. He obviously, as we've seen, he can shoot it from deep. Like, I, I just think he gives you another weapon that if Filipowski has one of these games, which he's had a bunch this year, mm -hmm. that he struggled. You know what it is? It's just that the thing that we, we always talked about with Kentucky early in the season was they have four different guys in their backcourt that can win a game right. by themselves, yeah. right? And I think that before today, we didn't really say that about Duke. Like we said, like, Jeremy Roach, maybe. Like, we haven't really seen it from Tyrese Proctor. Um, Caleb Foster had, like, the one game, and then he's just kind of – he's been fine. Like, he hasn't been bad, but he's been a freshman, right? So do you think now that, like, McCain's done this, are you like, hey, you know what? Maybe it is a Final Four team. Um, I've kind of been leaning – it wasn't just today. Like, I've kind of been – seeing them consistently win, seeing them find a way to turn it around, seeing them just – there's something about grinding out victories, even if it's not the prettiest thing that you've ever seen in the world, that you're, you're like, okay, like, just keep winning. You know, like we yes. – all the stuff that we They've say – They've won about a them, lot of games lately. Yeah, like we, we can say all we – anything we want about Duke. They are currently tied for first place in the loss column, a half game behind uh, North yeah. Carolina, in the win column for first place in the ACC. And I think two weeks ago we all would have said North Carolina – clear-cut best team in the ACC, top three team in America, closest team to UConn and, and Purdue, and Duke is tied with them. For Can I ask place. you a question? No. How many games has Duke lost 
since December 2nd. December, when they lost to Georgia Tech on the road. It's How many two, games right? have they lost? Haven't they won like 16 two. of the last 18? Two. Now, again, Pittsburgh at home was not a good loss. That was a bad they were, one. They were, they were missing some people. That was a bad one, yes. And then, you know, the Carolina loss, which was really no major shame. Like, yeah, it's losing at Carolina. That's what I'm saying. And they weren't, like, <laughs> you're blown suppo- out. You're supposed to lose that game. Right. So, like, to me, and, and you're right, like, against Duke. I'm still not going to – look, the, the biggest thing against, with me, and, and we can kind of move on after this, but the biggest thing for me with Duke is that they don't – there's – Chris Mack made this point uh, much more eloquently than I could, but, like, they, they just don't really have those dogs, right? But I, at a certain point, if you have enough talent, that doesn't necessarily really matter. So all I'm saying is – I still think the concerns are the concerns, but I do think that knowing you have this guy that can go out and win a game for you, if you need him to win a game for you, is something that is an impact and it has impacted yes. the way that I, I view this program. I, I think they're a Final Four caliber team. Now. I think they can get there. Right. Like, they, they can get there. They sure. probably wouldn't be – I wouldn't call them a favorite, but they can – Do you like – okay, Duke-Kentucky, who are you taking right now? You, you got to put your, your entire 401K – I think probably Duke because I, I don't think the lows are as low as what right. you're going to see with right. Kentucky. Right. And in the tournament, it's not about the highs. It's about like the lows and how low are the lows going to be. All right. we got, Let's get into the, the Big 12. We got about four minutes left in the show yeah. here on Sirius XM. Um, Houston blows out Texas. Yep. Kansas goes on the road. They get down early to Oklahoma. They find a way to win. They were down by 11 near the end of the first half and they won by 10. Uh, and Iowa State, Iowa State keeps winning. Keeps winning. Keeps winning. They beat Texas Tech by eight. That game was a 20-point game for most of the uh, late first half and second half. And they are tied for first place with Houston. <laughs> at, at what point do we – like, are Take you – For are real? You, like, I, no, I, I, it feels I, like whenever we have this conversation, it's like, Houston can do this, Baylor can do this, Kansas can do this, and, yeah, Iowa State's there. It's the same thing. Like, they're there, but we don't give them any respect. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like, Keyshawn Gilbert's been awesome this year. We don't really talk about them that much, right? Like, T.J. No. Altsenberger should, to me now, all right, now with, with Lamont Paris losing these last two games, and today's was a tough one. You can't lose to LSU at home. Mm-hmm. That's a bad one. Mm-hmm. The last one when they came here and in, in, in lost by 40, all right, like, it was a bad loss, but it's still losing at the jungle. Now I wonder if, if I'm polling you right now, who the national coach of the year is, and you can't vote for your boy, Danny Hurley. I might TJ Altsberger. Why not? Tell me why not. I mean, he's right there. There is no reason why not. He's right there. I mean, I mean, he's done an insane job this year. Yes. Yeah. Insane. I mean, again, where, like, where do they? Serious question. Where do they stand for you in terms of being able to win that league? That's okay. A, okay. Listen. Listen. They've got a scorer in Gilbert who's a veteran, okay? They've got one of the best point guards in America mm-hmm. in Taman Lipsy. They've got a freshman in Milan who can shoot the shit out of the basket. What's his last name? Milosevic. From Shilovic. And Silovic. I mean, that's that's a pretty good trio to start with mm-hmm. because they all, they're all different. And they got guys and that they know their guard. roles. They got big they guys that guard. know their roles. They yes. play hard. They... they that's that's a trademark of of TJ's team. So, I listen. I'm starting to respect him more. Am I betting my house on him? No, 
But, like, I, could they be a Sweet 16 team? Maybe even a Lee 8 team? Why not? Why not? Uh, they, you know what they remind me of? They remind me of the Chris Beard Texas Tech teams. And what I mean by that is they, outside of the one that made the national title game, right? He had like two or three teams there where they were really, really good defensively. And on the nights when they were good enough offensively, they had a chance to make it run. These guys have a great point guard. That's yes. the difference. They have a, a great, great point guard. Great point guard yep. and a guy that, a score that can go out and win stuff. Yep. So, um, I still think that Houston is probably the best team. I don't, I don't, oh, they Houston are. Houston is the best team. They are. Houston Especially when LJ Cryer shoots up, it me, like Let me look tonight. at Iowa State's roster. I'm bringing up their roster right now. So um, this is what they got the rest of the season. Well, they're they're at Houston on Monday. You want to win the league? Win that game. You, you win, win that game? You want people to take you seriously? I mean, you don't wow. – that, that's not <laughs> – then they have West Virginia at home. No, Oklahoma but if they do home. that – Hold on. Look, look, listen to the rest of their, their schedule. Easy. West Virginia at home, yep. Oklahoma at home, at UCF. BYU at home at Kansas State. They could win them all. They could legitimately go five and one down the street. I mean, they might I, win I'm, this. I'm league. just, I'm right now, I'm writing off the law, the game at Houston as a loss, right? But if they um, win that, driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's a big game. This has been the Field of 68 After Dark live on Sirius XM, Channel 84. Make sure you stay and hang around. We're going to be doing the afters here for about 20 to 25 minutes. Might even see if you Neville can beat Arena. Dylan Carwell in a free throw uh, shooting contest. Only if you try to beat him in a dunk contest. This has been the Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. Come over to the YouTube channel. Jump in the chat. Ask us questions. We'll see you there. We'll be answering them for about 20 minutes. Got a lot more to get to from today's College Hoops. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are live here. It is the Afters Field of 68 After Dark, uh, talking college basketball here today. Basketball, um, college basketball? That's what we're college, talking? Talking college basketball. Okay. I'm trying to vamp, nice. like, get my thoughts collected on where we want to go next. Let's do this. It's one of my favorite things to do on the, the busy Saturday night slates where we can just kind of go big picture and fire stuff yeah. away. Um, the biggest win of the day, the winner of the day, the team that – and you, we, you can't go with anyone with – obviously, Kentucky. Right, right. Obviously, UConn. If right? we talked about them, they're yeah. off limits. Yeah. Out of everyone that okay. we haven't gotten to yet, yeah. who was the biggest winner of the day? Who had the, the, the win that stood out to you the most in college basketball today? You know, for me, it might be TCU going to Kansas State. Road win, big one for Jamie Dix. Like, you just never know. You lose that one. And, again, not that Kansas State's not a tournament team. But it's a tough place to win. Road wins in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. They're important. 
So I, I you know, I guess hell of a game winner too. Oh, hell, hell of a game, game winner. winner for hell, that, that, that too, how they want it. Mm-hmm. I would say that one to me and like another one that I would say, I don't want to take too many years, Florida at Georgia, big one for the Gators, especially because they were down, come back, you win that game, you're on the bubble, right? That could be the type of where you lose it if you lose it. I think it's a quad, so it's not like a, a, a devastating a, loss. No, but it, I mean, that one – Again, is is a sneaky well, here, important. Here's the win. thing about Florida, right? How much have we talked about Kentucky this season? A ton. A we talked a times. lot about Kentucky this season, yeah. right? How much have we talked about um, South Carolina this season? A good amount. How much have we talked about Auburn this season? Yeah, a ton. Would you be surprised if I told you that Florida was tied with all three of those teams for third place in the SEC regular season yeah. standings? Right? Yeah, now? no. Ty Golden's done a great They've job won lately at Kentucky. Yeah. Right. They have won. I, let me bring it up here before I start. I think they won like five or six in a row at this point. Um, they've really gotten things going. And they have the, the thing about Florida is they there's talent on that roster. They got shot veteran guards. They got guards. Yeah. Riley Kugel is a stud. They've won three in a row and seven out of eight. That's what it is. Two of those games were in overtime. Um, and the one loss was at Texas A&M. Yep. I believe that was it was a one possession game, a one point game. I don't was that the game winner that that uh yeah yeah that was, was the game winner yeah. right yeah so um, they are one basket away from having won uh, eight straight games here and that says a lot about what that team is what Todd Golden's been yep. able to do they are two games out of first place in the SEC and nobody is really so who's your about who, who's your team that got the biggest win give me give me um, who you got. You got me, somebody else? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's Creighton. Creighton okay. going on the road, right. beating Butler by yeah. 22. It is the loss that cost me uh, the vaulted challenge bracket against Zeus. against Zeus. It's the reason why I lost. If you don't know there. who Zeus is, Zeus is a dog. Yeah, if you don't know who Zeus is, I don't know what you're doing with your life right now. Everybody knows who Zeus is. Um, no, but it, it, it mattered because Butler is a good team. They're not a great team, but they're a tournament team where – are That's they the, definitely. Are they definitely a tournament team? Yes, I think they've won at Creighton and they've won at Marquette. Okay. They're, they're a tournament okay. team. All they're right. going to find a way to get themselves in. Um, I, mean, I mean, look, they can still lose. They're not a lock because when you are where they are, they're not yeah. a lock. But if the tournament ended, started today, they would be in the NCAA tournament. Um, they were two and a half point underdogs. That tells you what you need to know about this Creighton team. But uh, Creighton going in there and beating them the way that they did, Shireman playing the way that he played, they are now just a game out of second place in the biggest regular season standings. But that's kind of where they should be. Mm-hmm. That's where they should be. You know, to me, they should have been – I mean, it's funny. Most people – what was UConn pick preseason four? Four in the Big East? Last year they were. Wasn't it this year? They were three or four. No, I think it was – I don't remember what it was. But they were like all three of them were right there. Marquette, Creighton, UConn. I think it was Marquette Villanova and Creighton. Villanova was right there. I think Villanova might have been three and UConn was four. I think you might be right. Yeah, you might be right. Right? Yeah, you might. Yeah, you're right. You know what you are. I right. mean, that's crazy. It's crazy to think mm-hmm. UConn was picked, but again, people didn't know. They just didn't know. Um, yeah, I mean, this Creighton team again. If you look at their top four players, you're like, I'll put their top four against most teams. Unfortunately, again, they don't. They don't have a lot of depth. <laughs> what, what did we say on the drive today? Four on four. That if, co- if college basketball is a four on four game, then uh, Duke and not, Kansas, uh, Duke, Kansas and Creighton would be playing for the national yeah. title. Yeah. <laughs> No, listen, I mean, again, I, I think it was a a good win because Creighton needs to stack good wins, mm-hmm. and and that was one. I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, I didn't think there were a lot of, like, these marquee wins today because a lot of these teams, 
Yeah, I thought Virginia beating Wake Forest was a big one for Tony Bennett. Well, making what, like one free throw? Or they they were one, one for 11. One for 11 from the free throw line. And it was line. the last one. You know what's funny about that? Virginia There's shot better funny. from the free throw line than you do. There's no way. I mean, right now, I'll go out there and challenge Carwa right here. Right right here, right now. Wait until the end of the show, and then we can uh, you can embarrass yourself by doing that. Um, you want to do worst loss now? There's a lot of those. I got a lot. lot Well, I got four. I got four written down. All right. Can I tell you what I think the biggest one is for me? Yeah. South Carolina at home, blowing a lead. LSU, you had a chance to keep pace with Alabama for first place. The only thing I'll say to that, I I agree with you, obviously. If you told them on Paris right now that they would still be, what are they right now? What's... What's South Carolina right now? Nine and four in the SEC, two games out of first place. Yeah, they're 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 twenty one and five and nine and four. But no, here, here's why. Do you think here, he'd sign up for that? Here's why it's bad. Because on Tuesday you go on the road and you give forty pieces no, in this building you, right here, bad. It's and you bad. come You're at right. home You're against right. one of the teams at the bottom of the league. Like you should be running them out of the gym. I can't argue didn't. with you there because again, this could this could start a spiral. That's what I'm worried mm-hmm. about with South Carolina right now is. They were playing with a swagger. They weren't worried. They weren't. They weren't looking in the mirror and saying like, "Shit, what's wrong?" Now I think they look in the mirror and they're like, "Oh shit, what's going on?" They're finally dealing with adversity. Two straight, like two straight games now, where where you're like questioning yourself a little bit. So mm-hmm. I'm with you. Listen, that one, it, it was shocking. That's that was the most shocking one. I'll tell you one. I mean, Wisconsin. I mean, they're 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 free falling right now. That was the other one that I was. Yeah, finish. they've lost five or six. They lose at Iowa in overtime, and the Badgers were so good. I mean, again, what three weeks ago they were number six in the country. Three weeks ago, mm-hmm. three weeks from tomorrow, they were they were they've number lost, six in the country. They've now lost six out of seven, and you know who the one win was? Who? Chris Holtman, RIP. That's right. That's right. So that that was that was a a, a rough one, again. I got, not, no, I got another one for yeah, you. Yeah, I got one more too. Go ahead. Indiana State. Oh, they lost. I didn't going, see it to going, Southern Illinois. Yeah, they're up late. So, I didn't see at that. Southern Illinois. Shit. And the reason why that, that might is, be the worst loss of the day. Reason why that's problematic is they just lost at home Shit. to, uh, yeah, to Illinois need, State. And I hate that because you want at large mid majors. We want those. Mm-hmm. And who do we have now? You don't really have one. I mean, that's like it. You don't really have Grand Canyon, maybe. Yeah, maybe. There are maybe. Maybe. Yep. Maybe. Yeah, that's a bad one. Maybe Will Wade can play. You know what? Again, long. another reason why it's a bad one is because they just lost on Wednesday night at home to kind of put themselves in a very difficult position. And I tweeted back that. I tweeted. I said they can't afford many more. Of, they couldn't of afford any more. And they went out and lost this one. So you got three games left of their season. They're at Valpo. USC at home, yep. at Evansville, like they have to win every one of those oh, games. Oh yeah, they can't. They got to win them by. They 100. cannot lose another, and then they have to get to the title Honestly, game. They probably have to. They win get it. to get to the title game and lose to to Drake. Yeah. The one good thing is that Southern Illinois is like is actually a pretty good team, right? So that's not going to be the kind of killer to your resume that losing at home to Illinois State was, but yeah, it ain't pretty. All right. So pretty. I I know I know conference record doesn't matter when they look at the resumes and everything. But when you're seven and seven in the ACC, and the ACC is pretty average, mm-hmm. like, what does that say to you? Not good. That's Clemson right now. 
Mm -hmm. They lost at home to NC State today. Now, thank goodness they had that win last week at North Carolina because if they didn't have that right now, you'd be like, I'm not sure they're going to make the tournament again. Like, is Brad Brunel going to be fired? Right? I, I think that they're going to be fine. No, I, I do too. I, I do dance. too. But but here's the thing. You say that, and they have, like, at Georgia Tech next. What if they lose at Georgia Tech, Rob? Well, look, anybody, unless you are, right, there's, like, probably 12 teams right now that, that are, are locks. absolute locks, locks. Right? They, they're absolutely yeah. no questions asked. I go a little deeper than that. I go a little deeper. I mean, again, I'm not saying Clemson's going to go 0 and 6. You know, they, they still have Notre, at Notre Dame. They don't have the toughest schedule. They'll be fine, but they probably can't go 2 and 4. <laughs> they can't go 2 and 4. <laughs> if they go 2 and 4, they're 9 and 11. In That's the what I'm ACC. saying. There's no way That's they can be. <laughs> That's bad. Right. That's not good. So they still have some good. work to do. They probably, you know, if they're 4 and 2, they get in, they get in no problem. Three and three, and you lose first round of the ACC tournament, your first game. Mm -hmm. Then you're probably sweating it out a little bit, and you're like a 12 seed. Yeah, it doesn't help them that that big win at North Carolina doesn't really look all that great anymore. Or no, at least it's still pretty good. At least the same level as what it was before. It was like okay, you yeah, it's still good. It's still good. Yeah, it's a it's a that's a game changing win of like if you're on the the bubble or not, mm -hmm. you're gonna get in. Yep. Um, anything else that you want to hit on from? From today? Yeah. From like a top-down uh, level. You want to talk about your cigar last night? It was a delicious cigar. It was a fantastic cigar. Uh, anything else today that stood out that much? I think we've covered it, most you know of them. The, Arizona beat Arizona State by like 142 points. I, look, I, I told you this. I don't, actually, wow. you know, I don't know if I, I told you what my take was no. on Arizona. Okay. Um, I feel like Arizona – this year. Are they underrated now? No, no. I feel like they there's they're giving me some UConn last year vibes. It's not the exact same thing, but if you look at the way that things kind of played out for them last season, uh, UConn last season, yeah. right? They were awesome at the start of the year. They go through the stretch in January in league play where teams kind of figure them out. The guy who's like their X factor, Andre Jackson, it's is in his head. He's not playing well. They're really struggling, and then once they figure out how to get him going again. They make this a great run at the end of the season and streak all the way to a national title. Yep. You look at Arizona this year, they start out um, – there's a ball rolling behind us. Um, they they start out 8-0. Their two losses are at Purdue, who was number one at the time, yep. um, and that double overtime thriller when uh, when Nellie Davis goes yeah. nuts. Um, and the Purdue game, FAU. they play well. Yeah, and FAU. Uh, right. But then they start league play, and it's just kind of like, okay, Kai Boswell isn't playing great. This team is struggling. Uh, they beat UCLA, but they're down by 20 at home to UCLA. Well, are they bored? Because remember how bad UCLA then, was then. Yeah, and then – They were awful. And then um, you kind of – once they get Kai Boswell going again and he figures it out, then they make this run at the end of the year. And now they've won – I think they've won six in a row, and they're just kicking the shit out of teams again. And I do feel like there's – I'm getting some vibes of UConn 2023 from Arizona. And I know that they were a one seed. I know that people are kind of uh, – There are just so many more questions – for with sure. consistency with this team right now. Like, is Boswell going to be consistent? Can you trust Caleb Love? Like, again, I mean, the beauty of Caleb Love is he can have two or three of these games back-to-back -back and propel you by himself. Keisha Johnson's terrific. Ballo's a veteran big. 
right? Jaden Bradley coming off the, they got a lot of pieces. They got a lot of good pieces. So yeah, I mean, they're not, it wouldn't shock me if they went to the final four at all, at all. They might be the third best team in the country. Still. It's not, it's not Mike. It's not Mike. You think they're the third best team in the country? Oh, no. Let me phrase it. I think that they are very much in that conversation. Yeah, I agree. Third, I agree. Best team I don't think there is a third best yeah. team in the country. Yeah. I think you can make the argument that a lot of different teams are. Um, anything else? I'm kind of scrolling through it right now. We're, we're... I think we take some questions from, from yeah. the chat. All right, Trevor, you got any questions for us uh, coming in the chat? And there's no granted yeah. involved. Like, that's just 41 is 41, man. <laughs> you get 40, it doesn't matter who it's against. 40 is 40. Didn't he have, like, 37? It was, like, Louisville 38, Blake Hinson 37? No, he had 38, and Louisville had 37. So he was up on Louisville. Yeah, he was beating Louisville he by was himself midway by himself. through the second half. Yes. And then Kenny Payne decided he was going to ramp things up a little bit. Yeah. And um, I would score Blake Hinson at least. Yeah. He didn't He didn't win the game. Yeah. For the record. My, right my now, question to you, can I, okay, so I've gotten a lot of pushback lately. A lot of people calling me and uh, asking me, is there a chance Kenny Payne keeps his job beyond this year? Because he'll have some support within the community. Some of the, uh, you know, some of the older people that are, that are Kenny Payne fans and saying, like, he should get more than two years. What's your take on that? Um, I think, honestly, it all kind of depends on whether or not you can get the guy that you think is the right guy, you know? But why? You're going to get an upgrade no matter what. Yeah, I think, look. Like, you, you got to get back to at least respectability. Like, yeah, it'd be great if you hit a home run. It'd be great if you got a guy that was going to be an absolute home run, whether, you know, I don't know who, Chris Beard, Dusty May, whoever you want to throw in there, right? But ultimately, whoever will do a better job, in my opinion, than, than Kenny Payne has done. Whoever you hire yeah, is going to do look, better. I, I think – I feel like you I could think, take over. I think for the most part – You could win more games than Kenny Payne won. I, I think for the most part that you should not fire coaches – after two or three years, right? You should not pull but the plug after two or three so years. Good. Can you let me finish my thought? Oh my God, please? this program is I'm going to so have good. Marlene come over here um, and shut off your microphone. I don't okay? think she would do that. So I think for the most part that you should not do that. I also think that there are certain instances where you can look at the situation and say, we got this one wrong. We need to start over. We need to pull the plug. And I think this is one of those ones where you can look at it and you say, we got this one wrong. We need to start over. And I know that it sucks, and I know that he's an alum, and I know that he's Kenny Payne, and I know that you want to be able to do right by your guys. Um, I think it's very hard to justify. I, I Look, I'm not just very hard. I think it's impossible to justify keeping him around for another year. It's Louisville. Without saying we're just doing this because he's our guy. It's Louisville. Yep. You know, this isn't like Georgia. This is Louisville. This is one of the best programs in America. And and it's sunk to an embarrassing state where winning any game is celebrated. It doesn't matter who You're it is. Wrong. You're not wrong. All right. Um, let's take a couple more. Trevor, give us another question. Uh, Matt says, can you please talk about Illinois' win at Maryland, their first win there in 13 years? I mean, Maryland's not great this year. Um, Kevin Willard needs to get his ass off of the court. 
when the game is being played, we need to have a, some kind of rule to, to change. It's insane how many times we're having issues with this this year. Um, I mean, it's a good win, right? A win is a win. If you're Illinois, you can't lose that one. I don't think – and Trevor is our resident Illinois fan that watches the team a lot more closely than uh, than I think anybody um, on the show does, anybody in the chat does, anybody in the United States of America, anybody in Champaign, anybody on, that reads the Illini Inquirer, anybody point blank, period. Uh, he watches more of them. What I will say is this. It feels like Terrence Shannon is kind of figuring some things out. It feels like he's starting to get right. Well, you're here. You want to want me to read you his numbers the last three games? I know he had, what, 20, he had 28 today? against Michigan State. Yeah. 31 against Michigan, 27 at Maryland. Now, he, <laughs> so my spidey sense is tingling saying that he was playing a little bit better. You know, you know what? He's uh, averaging 28.3 right, right. points over that stretch. Here, job, here's, here's the thing that to me stands out more than anything. Like two of those on the road. On the road. Mm-hmm. It's going to be easy for him at home. If he can do this on the road, what does it tell you about him? I mean, he's got it going, and when he's got it going, it changes what Illinois' ceiling is. Because he, you know he's getting heckled mm-hmm. every road game. He's going to get it. And if he can do that, it shows he can deal with whatever's coming his way um, when he's not at the confines of So, of, uh, like, you know what, let me, let me ask you this. Terrence Shannon at this level. When he's this guy, when he is the the, I don't want to say he's got to get twenty eight a night, but he's, he's not shooting it like he was but prior. It, but if he's the twenty two point per yeah. game guy again, yeah, it, where where's Illinois in your pecking order when it comes to Final Four contenders? Like they're not UConn or Purdue. I don't think I'd have them at the level of North Carolina, Arizona, Houston. Would you have them anywhere? No, none of them. Why? Why? Why wouldn't you have them at the level? Well, Arizona still, I, I wonder, but. Why, why wouldn't you have him at the level of Houston me? or Carolina? Point guard play. Point guard play. I just don't think a team without a point guard is going to win four straight games like this. I'd be very surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love them. Like, they're the ultimate team that if they could have made a trade, I forget who we did this with. It was might have been Seth Davis. Um, but who a trade they could make. Like You, you know what it would have been nice? A point guard. Ray J. Dennis. Ray J. Dennis would have been huge for them. <laughs> would have been. I mean, think about it. Then you would have been like, holy shit, this team can win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They can win the whole thing. Like, and Ty Rogers has played better. He has. He's been better. They're, but again. Well, what it is is they're kind of figuring out how to be able to, to take advantage of what he can do without – compromising what they are on the offensive end you know like it's not like he's a bad basketball player it's just that he has some flaws that can be exploited in a setting where um he kind of has to play the role that he's being asked to play and they're kind of figuring that out and they're 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 listen domask has been better coleman's been better since since everything happened he has he's been better i just i i i i think coleman hawkins is I love I love the idea of Coleman Hawkins. Like if he when he is at his best, when you got a six foot ten dude that can shoot it, that can guard the way that he can guard, that can pass the way that he can pass. When he when he's at his best, he's eight he, of his last nine games in double figures. Yeah. Like when he's when he's really good, that's when Illinois becomes like a very real problem. So um good win. Nice to see Terrence Shannon 
kind of reach these levels again if you're an Illinois fan. Trevor, let's get one more question from the chat, then we'll do toast of the night. Yep, last one from the chat. What do you guys think of Arkansas? They're now 12-13, and 13, another loss today. You haven't talked about them lately. That's from John. <laughs> well, for what? I mean, honestly, they're, they're not a tournament team. So either you're talking about teams right now that are, whatever, 12-13, and 13, for two reasons. You're talking about teams for two reasons. One, if they're a tournament team, mm-hmm. or one, if their coach is going to get fired. Right? I mean, that's it. Mm-hmm. And Muss is in between. The only thing with Muss is, does he want out? Does he want out of Arkansas? I've certainly heard he he's going to look to get in the move, but can he get Louisville? Can he get Ohio State? Can he get one of these jobs that, that make it, you know, enough for him to make that move? Like, I, I still don't understand it. Because it's been one year. I mean, Musk has done a hell of a job there the last few years. He's raised the expectation. He's made them relevant nationally, mm-hmm. something Mike Anderson couldn't do for a decade. If he if he leaves, that is going to be a very coveted job. who goes job. there. Yeah. It's be a coveted yeah, job. no doubt. No a doubt. lot of people are going to end up yep. on that job. Um, Trevor, do you have anything Final else? Question. To Final question. The, the chat is begging Jeff to shoot a free throw. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do it tonight. <laughs> we're not going to bother these dudes. Yeah, they're they're working, they're working out after working after, out after a, a not loss. not a great loss. So, if they had won, I would absolutely go and and tell Carwell. I'll embarrass myself, but we're not no, going to do it tonight. Not tonight. Um. All right, let's get to toast of the night. I'm going to let you kick it off. Uh, toast of the night tonight. I mean, listen, how do you not give it to Kentucky? They came in here into Auburn, and and beat them handily like this. Like I think you got to start there. I, I might give one more, but I'm going to start. I'm going to start with Kentucky. We're here. Nobody, and they said this in the post game. Both Anyensu and Antonio Reeves said, "Like we heard it. Nobody thought we could win here. Mm-hmm. Nobody. So we played free. Or you mentioned this earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. They played with a little bit of, of, you know, just like we have nothing to lose, kind of attitude, and it worked. And and now." They've got their swagger back a little bit, and now they've got a little bit of a blueprint, Rob. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a blueprint of like, oh, if we really guard, mm-hmm. yeah, shit, we could be pretty good. So, um, congrats, congrats. I was gonna go. I've have, I've have like three written down. Yeah, I was gonna. One of mine was gonna be Antonio Reeves for a yeah, lot of reasons been you awesome. just mentioned. But the the simple fact that he, I called him the silencer tonight. Like yeah. he, yeah, every single time that Auburn started making that run, yep, started getting the fans making some noise. Started getting loud. It started turning into the the environment that we yeah. all know that this can be. He uh, he was the one that made it quiet again. Yep. So he was very very good. Um, all right, my second one. Go ahead. The Princeton Tigers. Uh, he taking stole. Down, that was a good one. Taking down Yale. Yeah. Um, I have my in Yale Jadwin Gym. I'm, I'm, hold on. Hold in Jadwin Gymnasium, um, they go at home and they knock off the uh, one of the two remaining there winless uh, undefeated teams in conference play. So the my Yale Bulldogs went down. You like the hat or no? I do. I'm a big, big Yale. I know you are. I love the Eli's. You just like um, the pizza. I love the Eli's. Payne Whitney Gym. I grew up in Payne Whitney Gym. Um, and the last one that I have, uh, Tommy Bruner. Tommy of Bruner. The Denver Pioneers had 41 tonight, scored 30 in the second half as uh, they came back from 20 points down to beat North Dakota State. According to our guy, Ryan Powell over at the Summit League, uh, he finished with 41, and it is the first player in college basketball this year to have two 
40 point wow. game. So cheers to Tani Bruno. Last one you got? You know who I'm gonna you know who my uh my toast is going out to? My man Scooter. My man Scooter. Uh he's a Kentucky fan that uh made the trip to uh, he lives in Birmingham, made the trip to Auburn Arena, and uh let's just say he was enjoying the night with our guy Josh Hopkins. Yeah, I'll give I'll, yeah. I'll toast to Josh Hopkins. Yeah, he's my he's guy. he's having a hell of a night. Yeah, tonight. Josh is probably still out drinking right now. I didn't know Josh. Went to Auburn. Josh, for people that don't know, uh, actor, huge Kentucky fan, been friendly with him for years now. And uh, he told me he went to Auburn. Yep. So I said, I said, you got your degree, right? And he just kind of laughed because, you know, he left probably halfway through, two and a half years in, to go out to California, L.A., and mm -hmm. chase his dream. And it worked out for him. Yeah, sure did. You made the right decision. You don't need a degree if you could already get paid. No. Uh, listen, this has been the Field of 68 After Dark live from Neville Arena here in Auburn, Alabama for Jeff Goodman. For, Thanks uh, to Marlene. For the nerd. Can you let me get to my toast? Look at this. He cut me off again, Marlene. I want you not to forget to thank. So for Jeff Goodman, for Matt Norlander, for our producer, Trevor Release. Thank you to Marlene, Sorry. Auburn's SID, for getting it done. Shout out to Scooter. She's still working my, hard my here, name, too. My Fort name Tom. is Rob Dosser. We'll see you guys again tomorrow night, Field of 68 After Dark.